0: Welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies that are specifically directed by women-identified directors, and that means a lot this month, considering it is still Women in Horror Month. Woohoo! Woohoo! It's our time. Although I think next year, our time is going to come in March, so... Agreed, yes. (laughs) Let's do that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if you out there have heard the news, but Women in Horror Month is moving next year to March. For, I think, probably very obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a much better fit. <laughs> I do too. So, I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me, the person you're already getting the pleasure of hearing chime in, is the one and only Ariel. Hello. Hey, girl. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. You
1: know, January was kind of sucky, but yeah, there. <laughs> sure, but February uh-huh. so far is a little bit better, I'm trying to focus on the small things, you know, that yeah. make me happy. For instance, just before we started talking, I was actually texting with my younger brother. Mm-hmm. And so he and my dad and my friend Kate all call me air. Mm-hmm. And when he sent a text to me today to thank me for something, it said, sir, get autocorrected. <laughs> <It> says, sir. <laughs> so I mean, I guess it could be text, worse, it could be error. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it made me so happy to have my little brother who used to be super bratty no i'm just kidding he was always great well sort of
0: but to have <laughs> younger brother. okay if let's pretend he's not listening and answer that question honestly <laughs> oh god no i
1: mean he's he's great we've always been friends but he did go through an annoying teenager phase so of course
0: i mean <laughs> that's dictated by law
1: yeah kind of is
0: you gotta you know, be locking me out of the house,
1: things like that. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that ain't right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> anyways, but having a younger sibling refer to me as sir over and over again was so satisfying, oddly satisfying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> anyways, amazing. that's my win for the day. So. <laughs> hey, listen, like you said, it's the little things, right? Exactly. Like we'll have big victories in a few months when things are better. but for right now, hold on to those little things. Yes, <laughs> right? right. All right, cool. Well, I'm glad that I can hear the smile in your voice, which is nice. That oh, makes thanks. me happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. well, do we have any housekeeping or corrections? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Okay, cool. So before we go much further, we need to talk about spoiler policy. I know our usual spoiler policy is pretty much everything goes. Yes. Uh, but this time we're going to be talking about a movie called Shook, directed by Jennifer Harrington. This was my pick. And because it's actually, the, this episode is going to come out on the 1st, and Shook actually isn't available on Shutter till the 4th. We want to be a little more careful about our spoiler policy. So break down what our plan is for this one.
1: Yeah. So today we're going to, at the top, we'll talk about our sort of general thoughts about the movie and give you guys sort of a general sense of whether it's worth seeing and whether it might be for you. And then we'll give you another spoiler policy before we jump into our synopsis, which will spoil a lot of things,
0: and then our <laughs> our
1: real in-depth thoughts.
0: Yeah. I think that's only fair, right? Let's give people a chance if they... If they are spoiler-adverse, which I am someone who is spoiler-adverse, so to to check out the movie before. Yeah, exactly. It's one thing if, like, it's out and you go into it, you know, you've made a choice. Whereas this one, you don't really have a choice. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Be a little curious. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. So, as I mentioned, we're going to be reviewing Shook, directed by Jennifer Harrington. And because... Again, this is another movie that is not out yet. There isn't as much background information as we normally like to include, but I did get a little bit. So let me tell you a little bit about both Jennifer and... Well, actually, really only about Jennifer because I don't have any (laughs) production information. (laughs) All right. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you will not be surprised at all to hear that Jennifer Harrington, like, basically all of the directors we've covered so far is super impressive and accomplished in this case she received her bfa in film production from ucla and an mfa in cinema television from usc wow. she yeah she received several awards there including the frank glicksman award the steve lawrence and edie gorm award or Gorm, and the james briggs directing scholarship I don't know what any of those are, but they sound very impressive. (laughs) Yeah, they do. (laughs) Uh, And she also has a very impressive resume, particularly uh, in her role as an editor. She worked on the documentaries for Gaga, Five Foot Two and Banksy Does New York, amongst many other projects.
1: Are those your cats meowing
0: in the background? Yes. Sorry, <laughs> I have a cat who's so cute. <laughs> she likes to, she likes to pretend that she's lost. At the end of the call, <laughs> will meow really loudly, and then you say her name, and then she comes running out like, "Here I am!" Oh, Lila. it's very cute. It's not necessarily very podcast. Oh, she gave up and ran out. Very <laughs> podcast friendly. <laughs> you want to be on the show? Is that what's going on? Are you? Are you? She wants to be podcast a bombing me. So Jennifer Harrington has also directed a handful of shorts prior to this and episodes of Dear Dot 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 for Apple Plus. Oh, okay. Which is a biography series. Mm -hmm. And one of the episodes she did was actually on Gloria Steinem. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, right? That is super cool. I think she also executive produced that. So yeah, she's kind of all over the place in terms of her skill set and things that she's been doing. Shook is actually her second feature film. A lot of the movies we cover, it's like a premiere, but this is actually her second one.
1: Okay,
0: Her first was another horror film from 2015 called Housekeeping. Which was a part of the After Dark films. Do you remember when they used to do those After Dark film festivals?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't think I've ever heard of this one, though.
0: Me neither. But this one is about a woman who takes a housekeeping job in order to help out her brother, who I guess is in some kind of trouble. And then things take a very dark turn at her Mm -hmm. new job. Because, you know, it's a horror movie. It's not going to be like, and then she did the windows. Although (laughs) that actually is my version of horror and hell. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, unfortunately, I don't really have a ton of information about the production of Shook since it doesn't hit shutter till February 18th. However, she did recently sell a spec script for a uh, I guess it was a very highly competitive bidding war. She got six figures. For Mm -hmm. a film called The End of Liz As We Know It, which is described as a high-concept sci-fi action comedy. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds cool. Well, good for her for getting picked up that way. That's awesome. Right? So, yeah. So, it was picked up to be, I guess, produced and directed by Jake Kasdan, who did the Jumanji movie? Oh, wow. Which, I'm not going to lie, I really liked I know, they're <laughs> dumb, but they're really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so this could be really fun too. So hopefully, fingers crossed. The point is, it sounds like she's kind of killing the game. So yeah, congratulations awesome. to her. All right, so now we promised no spoilers for this beginning part, so we're going to hold off on the synopsis. But can you kind of give me your general your general thoughts about this movie for people who maybe are curious, should they check it out? Is it worth their time before they dig into the spoilers?
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely worth your time. It's actually a pretty fun movie, even though it deals with some kind of heavy subject matter. And I think that there's an interesting family backstory. There's interesting commentary about social media. Mm-hmm. There's some fun, bloody kills in
0: it. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I think overall, it's a pretty entertaining movie. I personally have a few qualms with the movie that we'll get into later when we get into spoiler territory. But overall, I do think it's a a worthwhile movie to watch.
0: Okay, good, good. Yeah. So the two things that I, two of the things that I am most scared of, I mean, aside from spiders, which we all know is. Numero uno, but <laughs> the two things that really freak me out are home invasion mm-hmm. and being spied on by my olden technology. Yes, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and this movie really capitalizes on both of those fears. So if, like me, those freak you out, you're gonna you're gonna have a good time with this movie. If you want to get scared and creeped out by a movie, and those things bother you, good news, good news, you're gonna have a good time with Shook. There's also a meanness and a nastiness to this movie that I actually really enjoy in horror films. I think that when you see that it's about social media influencers, you might get the sense that this is going to be very fluffy and light or slight, I guess, is a better way of describing it. But actually, this is pretty dark in terms of what you see on screen and also behind it all. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, there's not a lot of gore. But what it does is it it capitalizes on sort of mental imagery that you know really if, is effective in getting under your skin to a surprising degree. And there are definitely a handful of scenes in this movie that have a very intense cringe factor. Yeah, Whew. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that too. Uh, a new thing has entered the slideshow so So, but as far as content warning i will say that there is also some animal violence in this yeah it's unfortunate yeah i understand why it's in the movie but yes i maybe didn't need to see it (laughs) right yeah for all the things for them to show on screen that was the one i did not want (laughs) no 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 do not want yeah so if like me you're sensitive to that it's good to just kind of know that it's you know it's in there i wouldn't say i mean does it sneak up on you or i mean you're sort of told that in yeah. the very
1: opening of the movie so i don't think this is really a spoiler that there's a dog killer out there mm-hmm. in this neighborhood mm-hmm. and they then a little bit farther into the movie show you some sort of clips and and photos of the aftermath of this killer It's only on screen for 20-25 seconds, something like that. So Mm -hmm. it's not one of those movies where you're seeing animal violence throughout. Yeah, It's really just this one spot. And then there's sort of the threat of animal violence throughout the movie, but you Mm -hmm. don't actually see any of that happen.
0: No. Which I was glad. I know I sent me you a message too. immediately because you were ahead of me. I was like, anything I need to be worried about here? <laughs> and you're like, nothing on screen. I'm like, oh, god damn it. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I think that the performance of the central character Mia by Daisy Tudor is strong. And that is essential since it's largely a one person on screen yeah. type of film. And she either would carry it or not. And there's some fun little twists and turns along the way. And so I would say overall, yeah, definitely, when this hits Shutter, you should you should give it a watch, for sure. I think definitely, especially in Women in Horror Month, you know? Yeah. I would say it regardless to give it a watch, but especially in Women in Horror Month, definitely give it a shot. Yeah, me too. Awesome. All right. Now, that is it for our no-spoiler zones, okay? So... I mean, Ariel, what's our spoiler policy here from here?
1: (laughs) From here on out, we're going to spoil the whole thing. I'm about to give you the synopsis where I'm going to tell you what the twists and turns of the movie are. So if you don't want to hear that before you watch the movie, maybe hit pause, wait, and go on to Shudder, watch the movie, and then come back to us. But if you're somebody who doesn't mind spoilers before you see a movie, just stick with us. Yeah,
0: definitely. All right, Ariel, tell me about Shook. All right,
1: so Shook, the movie starts out... With this really interesting scene where a social media influencer ends up getting stabbed with her own high heel. And then we find out, like I just said earlier, that there is a dog killer on the loose. And that's who the police believe killed the influencer. Mm -hmm. So then it cuts to Mia, who's a beauty guru, who knew the woman who was killed and has a group of friends and her boyfriend who all spend a ton of time on social media. She is going home to dog sit for her older sister, Nicole, who is about to head to San Francisco to be part of a clinical trial for a disease that she suffers from that also recently killed their mother. And she was the one who cared for her mother while she was dying. So Mia's friends and boyfriend keep pestering her to leave her sister's dog behind so that she can be a part of their live stream that they're doing because Mia, I guess, has more followers than they do and they think if she's a part of it, it'll get more views and more likes. But Mia says she can't. She's got to be there for the dog. Unfortunately, Mia's not too good at keeping track of the dog, whose name is Chico. Poor Chico. (laughs) I know. That dog is so stinking cute, too. Oh, my God. So cute. (laughs) So she soon loses track of little Chico. And then she gets a call from a neighbor named Kellen who says that his dog is missing, too. So Mia is pretty kind of annoyed by this guy intruding on her time and she kind of blows him off. But then Kellen calls back and he says that she should look under her sister's bed because Chico likes to hide there. But when she checks, instead of finding Chico, she finds a puddle of blood. So this is a point where the movie starts doing its twists and turns. Mm -hmm. Kellen (laughs) then announces that he has her dog. And he makes her play a game where she's forced to answer questions and choose between the life of her friend or the dog and then the life of a friend or her sister. And Mia always chooses her friends. So then twisty twist comes. She gets a call from one of her friends who says, ha ha, it was all a big prank. None of that was real. Everything's fine. But she soon realizes that there's actually more to it than that when her boyfriend says that there's something wrong, that the prank was supposed to be over, but something else is happening now. And Mia then finds her friend's dead body in the pool and realizes, oh boy, everything's taken a pretty dark turn. So this is at the point where Kellen, or Kellen in quotation marks, contacts her again and says the game's not over. And he makes her inject herself with a ton of vials of some kind of medication or something and that if she doesn't, he'll kill her boyfriend. After that, she finds her mom's dead body in her sister's closet and realizes that her mom didn't die naturally, that in fact her sister killed her. And her sister Nicole actually is behind the whole thing. She got her friends to participate by promising them money, and she makes Mia continue the game telling her that She has to break both of her legs or she'll kill Mia's other other friend. Mia complies and actually breaks her leg, but they get into a scuffle, have sort of a a heart-to-heart, and then Mia is able to turn the tables on her sister and they start fighting. Mia thinks she kills her sister, but then before the credits roll, we discover that, in fact, Nicole, the sister, is still alive and angry. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) While an audience watches. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. I didn't even say that. It's all live streamed.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. So let's start with the things we liked about this movie. What about Shook worked for you?
1: So I really liked the opening scene you see them getting their pictures taken by paparazzi and stuff on a step and repeat and you think they're about to go to this big red carpet event for some kind of beauty company and then the camera pulls back and you realize it's just this tiny square of a step and repeat there's no red carpet they're basically (laughs) in an alley with two people taking their pictures and it's all fake (laughs) yeah which i think is just i mean it It so succinctly sums up the problems with social media influencers. Yeah. I think it does a great job of that. And then we go into one of the women going into the bathroom because her dog peed on her and getting stabbed with the high heel shoe. And I thought that scene was really fun, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a good, fun kill. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then as Shook is coming across the screen, the title card, they're playing like a very breathy cover of Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which Mm -hmm. just felt like a really good mood setter yeah definitely
0: it's a good one Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah one of the other things that I really liked about this was the way that the director had some of the social media stuff and text messages projected onto walls yes during the movie so I think there are a couple times when it doesn't work quite as well but most of the time I thought it was a very effective way of showing what was happening and not only are some of the messages projected but also sometimes there are sort of silhouetted people actually sort of enacting things that she thinks are happening or that are actually happening mm-hmm. so i thought that was i thought that was really cool and i've i've seen a little bit of that but i think this director did it in a new creative way for instance yeah. there's a scene where she's reading messages from Kellen and what you see is just a sort of a a silhouetted face whispering into her ear yeah and it is genuinely creepy I thought especially when it licks her ear yes (laughs) (laughs) do not like no I don't like that at all I hate people whispering in my ear it's a pet peeve of mine I hate it so much if you whisper in my ear my instincts are to punch you in the throat it makes me me angry I don't like it It me out so <laughs> yeah it's not sexy don't do
0: it I don't like it
1: <laughs> yeah and then what What I thought was so cool was that this the face is all silhouetted so it's essentially black and then the tongue pops out in color yeah I thought that looked really cool
0: yeah 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 yeah, definitely
1: so there are a couple moments like that or when she's worried that her boyfriend might be cheating on her and you see sort of him and the woman in silhouette kissing where it's, it's really just her imagination so yeah I think that you can see the seeds of sort of really great creative ideas coming to life that this director yeah. has, you know, mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. When she finds that pool of blood under the bed, I thought that was a genuinely creepy scene too, because she's the, the reveal
0: of... is great. Yes.
1: The reveal is so yes. good because it's creepy with the bad guy controlling the lights via the Diana, which I think is like Alexa. Mm-hmm. And, Then when she goes to turn on the lights and the lights come on and you can see her hand has dragged blood across the wall. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good. That was Mm -hmm. a a really effective way of doing that. Yeah, that was a good moment. Also, when they find the mom's body, I mean, it's super sad. And I'll get into, you know, some of that in the cons. But that's pretty creepy. I mean, her face was mummified almost.
0: And there wasn't really
1: a nose anymore. Yeah. That was creepy. And I think also just discovering all of a sudden... Like, you think that all these terrible things are already happening, right? And then to discover that not only are you sort of being tortured, but it's your sister that's behind all of this, and Mm -hmm. she killed your mother. I mean, that's a gut punch. So, yeah, I thought that was really cool. I think, like you were saying, that the main star is a pretty good actress. I think there are some scenes where the acting was a little bit not as strong, but I think she's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I also think that her sister... well. I do have some complaints about her acting when she was in her maniacal, kind of bonkers parts of her
0: story. Mm -hmm. I actually really liked her there. I almost wish she had taken that. Interesting. I had the total opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I liked her when she was just talking and when they were having that heart to heart. I was buying that. (laughs) I just thought it was kind of fun. It felt campy to me. It is definitely campy for sure. I'll give you that.
1: Yeah. Oh, and there's just really good commentary about social media. And I think it does it without hitting you over the head with it. You really see it just from the clips of what is on their social media as well as them just sort of talking to each other. It's not so obvious, but you really get how it can change you, how it sort of forces you to be phony and even lie about your life, how obsessed people become with it. I mean, her friends... It's like when you when the movie starts, you think, okay, well, maybe they have millions of followers and this is how they're making their money and stuff. And, you know, there's still that level of fakeness and phoniness there. But these people are willing to go to extreme lengths to get 5,000 people to look at their stuff. And I'm not saying that yeah. 5,000 isn't a lot of people, but in the grand scheme of things, to be willing to lie about your entire life, to be willing to screw over your friends so you can get 75 likes is, you know, crazy, but also – I think, sadly, kind of a reality for people. Mm-hmm. I think it also sort of shows just the level of scrutiny there is when you're online and how competitive it can make you with other people.
0: Definitely. For sure.
1: Yeah. It also kind of reminded me of that Hulu one that was
0: called Yes New Year, New You. Oh, so good. That movie is so good. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that was Sophia DeCol, right? Yeah. Directed Yeah, that. I think it was. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good one. All right. Cool. Yeah. So when this movie first started, uh, I have to be a little honest when I saw it was about an influencer because I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't watched any trailers or anything. I was like, ro row." row. <laughs> because I kind of cover that lifestyle beat a little yeah. bit in my day job. And I was like, no, this is supposed to be fun. Right. And I'm just kind of burnt out <laughs> on it, right? But right away when we got, like you said, that first joke where we put the camera pulled back and we see the reality of the quote unquote red carpet. And I was like, okay, okay, this movie gets it. This is going to be fun. And and I, I I was kind of into that, you know, because yeah you know I, I i'm ready to critique that type of lifestyle that's <laughs> fine with me <laughs> yeah, and then it was followed by this very like you said very fun over the top slasher style kill and with that i was like i'm in yeah i'm in this is this is going to be fun kind of gory kind of silly and and i you know uh, light in a way that i thought would be a lot of fun but what's interesting is that what follows this opening is very different in mood than the rest of the movie yeah, that's very true. And I think that is very intentional. It kind of creates this uh, this juxtaposition about between what we see on Instagram or social media being very different from the reality of our lives. And those scenes are shot with this very poppy, you know, pop culture, bright, filtered aesthetic. Very, like clueless you know what I mean? yes that's exactly what I was thinking when I saw it too yeah totally. yes and I think that that's very a very specific choice so that when we get into Mia's real life and we see how different Mia's real life is there's a really strong contrast there you know we get to her we get to her mother's house and or her sister's house and it's it's dark and shadowy yeah. and it feels extremely isolated there's no f- fantasy there at all it's just the most harsh of reality and the house itself it it feels like it's in a state of mourning even before we find out about her mom and her sister right yeah yeah there's
1: an oppressiveness to it It, there's a that dark gritty sadness yeah
0: there's a somberness to Mm -hmm. that house even when the lights are on it's still so dark inside and it kind of helps you visually and emotionally kind of without ever like you said spelling it out explain why despite the fact that our friends are so awful and so phony what the appeal of going into that fantasy world and that fake the fakeness of that online world how it could hold some appeal you know you can create your own reality and if this is your reality reality naturally you we could be drawn to do something like that
1: yeah and i really appreciated that when she does look at her friend's Uh, social media feeds we get videos and photos that again are really bright and poppy and super well lit yeah so it you know you're going back and forth between her reality of sitting in this dark house by herself and then
0: what her friends are supposedly off doing exactly it still kind of gives you that idea that there is a shallowness and a fakeness to it but there's also a shininess to it that is very seductive especially if your reality is very sad of course you know you You can see why someone would selfishly want to check out, but you can also see why the people who don't get to check out, that would be very hard to see. Very hard to watch from afar. Yeah. I also think, like you said, this movie has a lot of style. I loved the way that Harrington introduced all of the text that was happening on screen into Mia's world. For one thing, I think it's just visually more interesting for us as an audience to see it than, you know, repeatedly going back to looking at her phone, looking at her phone, looking at her phone. But I also think there's a thematic element to it that I especially appreciated, which is that it kind of gets at this idea that even though these are just words on screen, we make them very real in our real life.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: You know, we pull those out of those screen and make them real. And so when it starts to intrude on her real life you can see the power of those worlds or the power of those ideas and those fears that she's having based on what is essentially just text on screen. At one particular part, you pointed out the silhouetted Kellen and the friends making out, but The thing that really stood out to me was when things start to really pop off and he starts to get threatening, there's a part where she's looking out the peephole window in the door and she gets a text threatening her and it it basically slams up against the glass and the glass goes dark. Yeah, that's true.
1: That is a really good scene.
0: Yeah, And it visually gave us the information of what was being said, but it also kind of gave us some internal experience for the Mia character and what that text felt like to receive in addition to just actually getting to see it, which I thought was really cool. And it really resonated with me. As I said before, that this movie is not especially graphic in terms of its violence, but it has a super intense cringe factor. This movie is kind of like if scream and would you rather had a baby? (laughs) I you know it's all about the like, small soft tissue damage <laughs> right <laughs> in particular the uh i mean the it, stuff with induction. chico was really sad <laughs> i did not like even to see chico get dragged around by their leash yeah but oh my god the stuff with the needles was so <laughs> intense when she gets keeps going she just starts grabbing handfuls of them oh
1: Yeah. And the scene, the director does a good job of letting that scene linger for a while. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't just have her stab in one or two and then we move on. I mean, you watch her do it with all of them. I mean, I don't know why you would choose stabbing a 90 degree angle into your forearm as the place to start with needles, but it was effective in, yeah, being unnerving and making me squirm.
0: I mean, I don't know that I would want to stick it in a vein. I think I'd skin
1: pop if I had to do something.
0: <laughs> your
1: thighs, your upper arm, your butt, anywhere that injections normally go. Don't oh, re- yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Or like directly
0: into your wrist. That's crazy. <laughs> <sighs> but it's but really it, again, effective it made me squirm yes <laughs> yeah. it sure did that and the breaking her own leg stuff i was like oh, oh, I, oh I i can't oh uh, when she's trying to find ways to do it i'm just like yeah oh she my has god. to keep doing it over and
1: over again because oh. she's not effectively breaking it enough to be visible oh <sighs> my
0: god oh my god sorry <laughs> my whole body just <laughs> clenched up over again sometimes i can see the most gruesome things on screen and i'm just kind of like ooh. but yeah. then there's other things where. it's uh, this one yeah, definitely really had that. Skin.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: I, but I think that chalks it up to very effective directing. If these yeah. little things can really get under your skin this way, that's good direction, in my opinion. So kudos to you, Harrington. Thanks for those <laughs> visuals that will never leave me. <laughs> yeah, I think that needle scene is going to stay with me
1: for a long time. Do you remember when we watched that Masters of Horror episode where they stick the needles under no! the fingernails?
0: Oh, God, yes. Dude, I will that's never the... forget that. And that was like a decade ago that we watched that. Yeah, that movie, I could not believe that movie. That was a Takashi Miike joint. Yeah. Which, I mean, you pretty much are signing up for, for uh, to have a bad True. time. True, but... but,
1: yeah, but now I think this needle <sighs> scene is probably going to live right there with it. <laughs> yep, it just got a roommate. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Living rent-free in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I was also pretty caught off guard by the twists and turns along the way.
1: Okay. Which,
0: I don't know about you, I did not see the sister stuff coming did oh, you yeah okay all right
1: we can get to that later but yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i didn't necessarily get to, i i thought it was the incel across the street okay gotcha i thought maybe there'd be some twists and turns about who he was or whatever because sure She was acting like she didn't really know who he was, but I was like, oh, but we're going to find out that she actually does know. You know, that kind of thing. Right. So I didn't necessarily see the sister thing coming. Man, oh, man. When she makes the choice to kill her sister, though, I would say that is one of the standout moments for me when she's crying, sitting by the bed.
1: Yeah, where she's pushing her face into the bed and crying. I mean, Yeah. yeah, I think you can really tell that it killed
0: her to do it. Yeah. So yeah, again, I reiterate, there's a lot here to recommend it. There's a lot here that I think shows a real strong sense of visual style, and a sense of fun, but also a willingness to get really nasty, which are all things that always appeal to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I really hope that she gets the chance or wants to direct more horror movies and maybe gets a bigger budget next time because I, I can see how creative she is, what interesting ideas she has, and I would love to see that done in a bigger way even yeah oh and just really quickly i also really love the very final scene of this movie where the sister pops up but also the live stream is still going and you get to read the comments people are making like oh my god did i just hear somebody or did i just see somebody die i guess we're staying on until the phone dies it's all so cold-hearted but Mm -hmm. things like that have really happened too so yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not good it's not good (laughs) all right so I'm going to do my cons first because okay. I feel like you have more in this area than I do. I don't have a ton and mine kind of lead into yours, if that's okay. okay. Yeah, go for it. So, so yeah. So I think that our main character, the performance there is really strong, particularly when she's back at, her, at the house and she's being herself and not necessarily putting on that faux influencer sort of performance, which is, again, I think in digital, but, you know. It's phony. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't necessarily <laughs> resonate for me. Whereas I think once she gets into the emotional and the fear side of this, she does a really great job. But some of the other performances were a little so-so. Yeah, agreed. Her fellow influencers, not great. Some of her sister's performances were a little uneven for yep. me. I had the opposite experience as you. I liked her better when she was having quieter <laughs> moments with her sister, uh-huh. as opposed to when she's and out. <laughs> and then obviously... This is again I'm leading into you here. I I don't really know how to feel about the treatment of what what this movie kind of says about fear of sickness, illness, disability. I mean, I also I mean, I have a sister that I have complicated relationships with, so this stuff I think maybe resonated for me on that level and it felt sure. It felt um painful but not inaccurate right right so that's how that's the the emotional level that i was engaging on it but i also as i was watching it i was like oh ariel's gonna have thoughts on this she's gonna have some feelings so (laughs) i want to defer to you on this one because i feel like you definitely have a a better insight into into this depiction so those are my cons i'm turning it over to you my friend
1: (laughs) So yeah I mean I've talked about it before on the podcast that movies that deal with illness a lot of times I think hit me different maybe than they do other people. I've spent a good chunk of time being a caretaker for a family member and so yeah it's personal for me so it it, I think it hits me in maybe a different or stronger way than Mm -hmm. somebody who hasn't gone through something like that. I don't necessarily have a problem with it being used in horror movies. That movie Relic I mean, that was hard to watch, but it was ultimately beautiful. Right. And I think one of the things that that movie does that's just so touching and lovely and thoughtful and kind-hearted is the level of acceptance that comes. That even through sort of painful events and watching a family member slip away, that you can be accepting and kind Mm -hmm. in your caretaking. Yeah, I think um, that movie did that so well. And I think that I appreciate a level of meanness in horror movies, just like you do. But I think there's like sort of an unfeelingness to this that I didn't respond to as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you can show a character being I don't know that sociopathic or something is the right word, but but having that lack of empathy by maybe killing a family member. But here it felt like You know, she talks about caring for her mom for like a couple years. And I know that that can seem like a long time, but it really isn't. And complaining about having to do her pills. It's also the, probably the easiest part of caretaking. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't the
0: thing, does it make it any different for you knowing that it's meant to be that she also, because she has this illness, is having mental stuff. Does that temper any of it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So
1: uh, seeing that stuff, like her complaining about, you know, really simple things, I think doesn't necessarily do justice to how difficult being a caretaker is. Maybe if she had talked about some of the other aspects of why it's emotionally challenging, I would have felt more for her experience. But yeah, I think the fact that she is suffering from this disease and knows that ultimately it will kill her too and that before it kills her, it's going to slowly sort of erode things in her life and that she's terrified of who will care for her in the end because she sees her sister as being this flake who didn't want to have anything to do with her mom when she was sick. So is she really going to be there for her when she's really sick? all of that i i do think makes it more understandable why she does the things that she does i mean obviously it's like crazy and over the top and yeah, kind but, of bonkers yeah and
0: we're living in horror movie logic exactly land. we're yeah. living in horror
1: movie logic totally yeah i i don't i'm not sure exactly the conclusion to come to other than i think that there are some things that they maybe could have done a little bit better to make me feel more for the sister Mm-hmm. In terms of the way that they talked about the mother's illness. Right. I also think that horror movies sometimes fall into this trap of being unfeeling to those who are actually going through the experience of being sick
0: mm-hmm. and dying.
1: And not sort of treating that as just the horror. You know? When it's like a real person goes through that stuff. I think it's also good that they made up a disease, honestly.
0: Okay. I I I didn't look it up to see if it was a real thing or not, but I kind of felt like it was supposed to be like ALS kind of thing, only with more of a neurological effect as well. Yes. Yeah. So anyways, I felt a little
1: conflicted about it, but ultimately I think there's a lot to really like about this movie. Mm -hmm. I know that you said you didn't see the twist coming. One of my complaints is that I actually did in the questions that Kellen was asking her and the things he was making her do. He talks a lot about, you weren't there for your mother, how could you not have known what her last words were, oh, you didn't even know she had a, you couldn't even remember that she had a breathing tube and couldn't have last words, you can't take care of the dog. It was a lot of sort of guilt-trippy stuff about her not being a good caretaker, and then all of the trivia questions had to do with medical stuff, Mm. so that instantly made me think, oh, it's the sister doing this gotcha
0: i was like he's been watching them all this time (laughs) (laughs) i immediately went to surveillance for (laughs) Uh (laughs) (laughs) which tells you where my blind spots are (laughs) right right.
1: (laughs) but i mean you didn't see it coming so i think that it's entirely possible that a lot of people who watch this will be shocked by the twist and if you are then i think that that makes what's (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) but if you are shook <laughs> i think it would make the viewing experience more entertaining
0: yeah. yeah okay That i know you were worried that you were gonna be harsh but i feel like you were pretty fair okay
1: good good and yeah the, <laughs> i was i just get nervous about whether what i say is too harsh but i know that you always say it's not so i probably should stop being so no. critical but overall i do think it's a fun movie and, and yeah. definitely worth checking out
0: definitely definitely awesome okay well i agree i mean it's is it a perfect movie you are but is it worth your time yeah check out i would say check out Shook for sure all right so for those of you who are playing along at home what are we watching for the next episode we are going to be watching lucky
1: Ooh. So this one I'm pretty excited about because I know that you got a chance to see this back I did. at Halloween. Yeah, I did. When Shutter did a special Halloween event mm-hmm. and you talked about how interesting it was and how much it you is. enjoyed it. So I did.
0: <laughs> it's definitely interesting. It's very surreal. Apply dream logic liberally. Okay. But I, I'm excited because here's the thing is it, it's not like I saw an exclusive screening I just have Shudder and they yeah. did a, a screening where they showed us a secret movie early and so I happened to catch it but the thing is, is nobody else did so I've had <laughs> no one to talk to about this movie since <laughs> October so I'm super excited for you to check it out so that we can uh, we can break it down because it has some things to say about men and women. Ooh okay I'm looking forward to it. Yes 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 definitely. Alright so we did get some listener mail this week Our first oh, so letter on excited. More Deadly nice. Of course it is from our good buddy Doug a regular oh. Letter writer and I always am so excited To hear from him So he says Howdy most deadliers <laughs> I, <like that>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed your show about the Love Witch A film that I think has a hypnosis And vibe all its own And is well worth exploration I did take the ending a little differently though Oh okay I went out of my way to make it a happy, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he, on the other hand, did not. He said, oh, okay. I felt that in the end, Elaine is completely detached from reality drawn into a fantasy of having exactly what she wants over and over again, but the emptiness leaves her unfulfilled and it snaps her final connection to reality. It's like her own world narrows down and she's merely circling herself, a final victim of her own maneuverings in search of a perfect mate. As an audience member, I felt really detached from her in the end. And I do think that effect was an intentional choice of the director, perhaps showing that Elaine's vision was based on a lie that could never be fulfilled it's almost like sam lowry at the end of terry gilliams brazil a retreat into the mind that allows the person to quote unquote win even when they've lost it all wow i mean he's not wrong he's not
1: wrong and actually it is
0: (laughs) i mean it's sad too because
1: she yeah retreats into this dream world that's all fake and phony and not maybe even what she really wants so Mm -hmm. she never actually gets to achieve anything real because she's stuck there yeah that is really sad and i think he's right yeah
0: yeah i mean i i my interpretation was essentially that she had killed away the fantasy but i guess maybe you're right maybe she did just go deeper into it
1: yeah it's an interesting way to look Ooh, at it it is, it
0: is <laughs> it's, <laughs> dark. it's dark dark <laughs> uh okay fine point taken doug you win everything's terrible are you happy now <laughs> uh he also says also is it just me or did you all want to live on those sets outstanding design and a fine filmed boot yes, um, yes. i want to live in that house yes
1: 100
0: i want life to look like it does in the love witch like that's <laughs> what i wish real life looked like in the vintage fashion community of which i am <laughs> very much on the fringe of i am not cool enough to be an influencer oh, or oh whatever there's this idea of vintage style not values or vintage Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. Yes. Yeah, so it's all about having very progressive, very inclusive, very intersectional views politically and socially. But you just adopt the style of the old school or you play with it. There's a lot of queer folks that do gender, nonconforming vintage. That's really cool. Yeah. vintage style, not vintage values. Yeah, that's really cool.
1: That kind of sums you up to a T.
0: Oh, thank you yeah because i mean i love the way it looks but there is a lot of gender role stuff yeah and a lot of, of i mean and you see it a little bit more in the rockabilly community ah mm. uh, um, didn't where, know that but that makes sense yeah 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 it's you know but anyways the point is yes that's how i want to live the, i want the world to be like that i want to have vintage <laughs> style not vintage value yeah. <laughs> this is my whole point i want everybody to be in a 1970s you know mini dress or or (laughs) earlier but everybody to get their heads right around social issues all right i hope you guys are having a blast doing more deadly and i look forward to future episodes doug oh doug
1: that was so nice and it was really great to get somebody else's opinion about the movie that was so different from ours that made me think about it in a different way i would love to hear more listeners feedback about things that you think about it like with this movie once you watch it did you see the twists coming did you see that ending in a different way than we did i'd love to find
0: out. Everybody's gonna be like, yes, it was very obvious. <laughs> <laughs> be like, oh, damn it! <laughs> I never see the twist coming. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> I guess, I guess. All right, awesome. So if like Doug, you want to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email at rachel at zombiegirls.com. You can head over to the zombie girls Facebook page and hit us up over there or on all of our social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram now too. So Find us, chat with us. We'd love to hear from you. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're getting your more deadly content. And if you're looking for something to watch tonight, definitely head to the Zombie Girls website and check out our VOD and streaming calendar for all the upcoming horror and horror adjacent things that are hitting streaming and hitting VOD. Because let's be honest, there's so many streaming services now. Who can keep track? Yeah. Me, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is. I rely on
1: Rachel for all of this. So mm-hmm. I I check out that calendar frequently. You guys should look at it because it's super helpful. I get lost in just how many horror movies and horror adjacent movies that are coming out. There's so yeah. many great horror movies and genre films. So yeah, definitely
0: go look at that. Yay. Thanks, girl. All right. So that's pretty much it. Unless you are a patron and you're sticking around for the extended episode. This time we're going to be talking about because it's near and dear to my heart
1: surveillance
0: <laughs> horror so we're going to talk about some of our favorite movies that capitalize on that particular subgenre of horror and then also some real life spooky stories of surveillance gone wrong.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing what <sighs> you say cuz you always find
0: interesting stories it, on the internet. <laughs> let me tell you, I was doing the research last night before bed. Bad idea. Oh no. <laughs> Man, technology is hella scary, dude. Cover up no all kidding. your cameras, cover them all, all the yeah. cameras because yeah. people they're watching.
1: Oh, god! Oh, but I we'll get chill into that. My spine, yep, we'll get <laughs> oh. into
0: that. Uh, after the patron, if you want to hear that, join our patron, visit www.patron forward slash zombie girls and uh, yeah, pledge and join us there's that's one of the many perks available you can also hang out on our discord which is super fun and see all the weird stuff that we're talking about and memeing and making and watching and (laughs) listening to. yeah it's been a really fun experience
1: to have you guys on our discord and to talk with everybody it's really cool
0: yeah we have some patrons on there now and it's always super fun when they pop in and let us know what's going on with them so come join the conversation become a patron all that good stuff all right ariel take us out Well, thanks
1: for listening to another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our review of Shook and that you'll join us next time for Lucky. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye,
0: everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening and to my co-host and good friend Ariel for always teaching me something new. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel. Our theme song for the show is More Deadly by DJ Sharton.